0: Welcome back to Sex News with Ray, Fuck Demons and Sex Monsters Alike. Today we are joined by Marissa Swinton, a sex educator and sexuality coach that you are already familiar with. Marissa, say say hi and tell us all what you've been up to these
1: days. Hey, y'all. Yeah, uh, so I still work a full-time nine-to-five, which kind of blows, which means that my... I haven't been doing much, but, you know, um, me and Ray have been working towards our, our certification for some time now, and we are coming up on that this Saturday. So that's really exciting for me.
0: I think that hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have heard back that we are certified, which would be very yeah, exciting. That's
1: true. Yes. But that's still exciting <laughs> news. I know. I'm very excited about it um But yeah, other than that, just uh killing it. I'm actually starting a new series in May. I'm gonna be doing lives every Thursday. Ooh, wait, so, what are you gonna be talking about? Lives. Um, my first one is going to be on dating apps. All the different dating apps that you have, that you have like the ability to go to, and like. Just I, reading them, reviewing them and different
0: things like that. Dude, I just made a TikTok that was not TikTok, like a like for my coaching thing. And it was like what all of the different dating apps feel like. And I'm going to tell you about it later. It'll be out by the time this comes out. But I was so proud of myself. Alex came home right as I was doing Field and I yes. made him stand behind me, but had his face cut off. And my line for Field is, um, you know... Uh, we're just a couple looking for a woman to use as a human play thing. We want a unicorn. Personality not required. And it was like so perfect that it came home and could stand there because otherwise I was just going to look stupid saying that by myself. <laughs>
1: nice. But that's field in a an <laughs> nutshell. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. It's a All good right. one.
0: We should get on topic. Marissa and I are going to be spending six weeks doing another um deep deep dive into one topic and the topic deep that, dive, yeah Sorry. the topic that I interrupt whenever the topic that marissa uh really wanted to talk about that i'm super happy to talk about but it's not my culture so i felt rude doing it is purity culture so yeah there's gonna yeah. be six weeks on that shall i start with the article sure cool and then i believe you're sort of leading the conversation side today
1: sure i can do that or something yeah we'll figure out you know more we'll about just, this than like I we'll just talk as we go i think we we like banter really well with each other so the usual it's um like...
0: i should also add that i listen to a podcast called good christian fun so i'm actually familiar with like <laughs> christian american views on it from like this podcast but not necessarily canadian and or like lived experience so I'm okay glad that we have you here so the Perfect. article is called how the extreme abstinence of the purity movement created a sense of shame in evangelical women And it's from The Conversation, December 10th, 2019. I'm opening with a quote. Millennial evangelicals are speaking out about the heightened emphasis on sexual purity that characterized their upbringing in that subculture. One of the most public faces of purity culture, Joshua Harris, recently renounced his views and publicly left evangelicalism. So what is purity culture? Uh, This article says it's a culture of abstinence. Many people use it to literally to refer to staying abstinent before marriage. And then another quote from the article. Advocates of extreme abstinence advise women to be appropriately submissive, not pursue leadership roles, and not speak out too much in mixed company. That may mean avoiding mixed company except in tightly regulated circumstances, such as with parents present. All of these concerns become part of how purity is understood. In purity culture, dating is now courtship and is supervised by a woman's father. Any interactions between men and women are towards the explicit purpose of pursuing marriage. And while both genders are expected to remain pure until marriage, women are the gatekeepers and must not tempt others into sin. I'm Sorry. gonna yeah, I'm also gonna <laughs> pause here for a second and say that this mentality also basically implies that all men are rapists.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like oh yeah. Like this is I understand that like this is very much an article talking about like women feeling shame, but a lot of the things that they talk about women feeling from purity culture, men do too.
1: I um I actually read another article just uh recently and it was talking about how purity culture is rape culture <laughs> like they are hand in hand kind of one and the same kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. Yeah. And also,
1: yeah. I mean, we learned in
0: our in our program the actual efficacy of abstinence only as a method, and it was something like it has like a
1: fifty or sixty percent failure rate. Yeah. Sixty percent failure rate because yeah, it doesn't. You have to do it. A hundred percent.
0: Right, but as we learned, uh, people who claim to be abstinent frequently just mean they don't do penis and vagina sex, but they're doing right. literally everything else, which comes up so many times in the articles that we read as we were preparing for the next six weeks. So I will. Yeah,
1: I'm going to talk about one thing actually that's very interesting. Penis and vagina. Should I continue or would you like to talk about it? No, you go ahead. Cause it's an, it's a conversation topic for one of the other. I, I think it's for one of the other ones. Okay, cool. We'll save it. Okay.
0: So examples of what sexual education looks like under purity culture include passing around a chewed up piece of gum and explaining to children that they are all like pieces of gum and that having sex is like being chewed. If you then have sex with multiple partners, you become a piece of gum devoid of flavor and without worth, but also who would want to chew someone else's piece of gum and who would want an old piece of gum? Chastity starts to become, oh, chastity started to become marketed in the 1990s with purity balls and other materialistic goods like purity rings to create ways for people to connect with and maintain their purity. Father daughter purity balls are formal dances where a daughter makes a commitment to her father to remain pure until marriage, and fathers vow to protect their daughter's purity. The article contends that this is pervasive in Christian schools and churches, but I, Ray, personally, haven't heard of this outside of
1: Christian communities. I've never heard of a non Christian purity just- ball. I just haven't heard of a purity ball. Honestly, that's not something that I've ever experienced.
0: No, this is very much like a a Bible Belt American thing. Mm
1: -hmm. It's not like a,
0: yeah, it's very much like a church Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in a certain community, in a certain area kind of thing.
1: But the purity rings, I think everyone's heard of.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, not even like, it's also like a mega church thing. Like, you know, Um, I was just listening to, no, I was reading Girls and Sex. And the author, Peggy Orenstein, was just describing having interviewed fathers and daughters at the Purity Ball, and the dads genuinely want what's best for their kid. Like, you'll speak to these fathers who are, like, basically, sex is confusing and really hard for people to navigate, and, like, they're just trying to spare their daughters, like, just the, the, I don't want to say emotional labor, but, like, the bad things that can come with dating not understanding that what they are then engaging their daughters in is is just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. So, you know, uh they just want their kids to be raised free from, you know, sexual promiscuity and like all of the forces at work from our media and, you know, failing. Uh, but that's fine because you can't <laughs> you can't escape it. Okay, so many of the children of this movement are now adults and are expressing the long-lasting effects of shaming trauma they experience being raised this way. Many adults still struggle to form healthy adult sexual relations. Another quote, the trauma Mm -hmm. of rape and sexual assault are made worse when women are taught to blame themselves as a result of the crimes against them. But these teachings serve important. Oh, and then it goes on to say, but these teachings serve important social functions in the context in which they persist. As I've written in my book, evangelical Christian women, rigid gender norms characterized by women's submission and male authority are at the very heart of the evangelical subculture. Purity culture reinforces that structure and that mm-hmm. sense of shame and failure creates the need for exactly what the evangelical tradition provides salvation.
1: Mhm. Yeah. So, I mean, that is what that is what purity culture is. I mean, it started so much sooner than that though. Like they I've I've read a, lo- a lot of articles about um uh about how it started in the 80s and the 90s and like that's true. It became very mainstream, became getting marketed in the 80s and 90s. But its roots are so much deeper than that. Uh, my my original degree is in anthropology and museum studies, but I have a double a double minor in uh, um, history and classics. And one of the things we are taught about, just like constantly, is different like different sexual viewpoints in different cultures and the Puritan culture that came over. You know, like with the with the with the pilgrim hats. Buckles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With like the pilgrim hats and stuff, like that's where it started um it's that's that's where you had people trying to leave the sexual promiscuity of europe to come to america
0: (laughs) right along with all the criminals who europe kicked out
1: yeah well that was australia but like
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: um what were you gonna say
0: Oh, I was just going to add that uh, one of the stories that I hear heard a lot on this other podcast that I listened to was talking about how purity culture led people to believe that when they finally had sex, it was going to be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, they were going to do it and it was going to be mind-blowing and, like, also this idea that all the shame that they felt about sex would instantly disappear because they were having sex with the right person, the one for them. And Mm -hmm. then they finally have sex with this person and they feel the exact same. And they're told that their sex is going to be so hot and mind-blowing.
1: And then it's bad because they're virgins who haven't tried anything. (laughs) Who have no idea what they're doing. And that actually leads into something I talk about a lot, which is that dichotomy, like the Madonna and the whore. And, you know, we are, (laughs) under purity culture, you're supposed to be, completely virginal and pure until marriage and then the instant you're married you're supposed to be like this sex kitten who is like freaky in the bedroom to please your man and and it when that doesn't happen because it doesn't happen like that um uh the woman takes off like sorry the um the wife a lot of the time takes on so much shame and so much blame because their sex life is bad because they they feel like they can't perform in the way that they need to for their husbands and it's all because they haven't they've been shamed into talking about this topic for their entire lives and instantaneously in one night are supposed to completely change every viewpoint that they've ever held about it right and it's just I don't,
0: right, yeah. and they still, and this is what I've heard that people still feel dirty and wrong for having done it, even though now it's supposed to be
1: sacred mm-hmm. and beautiful, exactly. and they just don't yeah. feel that way. Exactly. Um, and like I, I know that in the '80s and '90s, do you, do, you, did at your school, did, did they have purity rings, like, at do Jewish know day school? No, well, just like in high school or something. Like um, I remember. Okay, so
0: my mom. Was very much like my mom did raise me to like you know abstinent until marriage. But when I asked her about that when I was older, she was just like, I don't know, I didn't want teen pregnancy, like <laughs> that's. And I was like, okay, mom. Like she was doing the best with how uh. she was raised. And when I brought up the failure rate of abstinence with my mom, she goes, Abstinence is one hundred percent effective, one hundred percent of the time, when you are properly abstinent. And I'm like, but the point, mother, is that nobody is properly nobody abstinent. Is. Nobody, yes. nobody can, <laughs> nobody can achieve that. Not even my blessed mother. claims to have stayed a virgin until marriage my mother got married at 19 it's so much easier to be a virgin until marriage if you're getting married at 19 which is what they're encouraging
1: yeah um actually that i was just gonna one of my talking points here was you know i grew up in a i grew up in a small town in alberta and i've said this so many times like we are the texas of canada like that's not we're the alabama you know (laughs) like and uh and there were people I knew who got married the summer before graduation. So that means the great, like grade 11 summer going into grade 12, they got married. Just so they could bone? So they could bone. And like, and it, it was like they turned 18, like, you know, in July or something like that. And they were like, we're doing it now because their parents wouldn't let them get married beforehand. And so then all of a sudden they're 18 and now they can bone and they get they got married. I know, yeah, a couple that got married the grade 11 summer. And I know four couples that got married in grade 12 summer.
0: Can I read you something from a book that I own? Yeah. Okay, one second, let me go grab it real quick. So when I was in high school, I was walking, there was like a park nearby where I live called Mill Pond. And I was walking in the area. And someone had this book outside on their lawn. And I thought it looked so fucking funny that i picked it up it was free it was a free book it's called wild wacky and wonderful ways to develop intimacy without sex author of national bestseller hang on to your hormones bev
1: hadland jesus and it's signed by the way it's signed oh my god can i hold it up to the camera so i can see (laughs) It's,
0: it's this and yeah and it's signed oh my god okay i'm gonna read you something from the introduction ready she's spoken to over two million teens worldwide and has found they're looking for the same thing someone to love them unconditionally i've listened to their stories after having given my chastity presentation in auditoriums classrooms and church i quote: completely forgot i own this until right now by the way Mm -hmm. in church youth groups it seems that few teens really understand the purpose of dating and ingredients necessary for a future successful marriage she spent over 5,000 hours providing relationship counseling. I rarely counsel virgins or couples who have saved themselves sexually until marriage, and if I do, it usually has to do with childhood sexual abuse. The other couples have every problem you can think of. The biggest problem is that they don't really like each other and boredom sets in. Once a sexual aura has worn off, the masks come off, and only then does one begin to know the real person. Basically... You know, if you wait and hold off, then, you know, you can actually probably get to know someone. Grawl notes you wouldn't buy a house if you were drunk. So then why would you make decisions about romance, sex, and marriage if you were in a state of lust? The fact is that lust isn't love. It's emotional intoxication. It's a narcotic. Um. Then it goes on to talk about how you should keep sex out of the relationship when you... Okay, ready? <clears throat> if you've kept sex out of your relationship when you reach the stage 20 to 24 months and you discover your special person has become a very dear friend, even without the hormones hopping, you may be ready to take the next step. This occurs long before you ever kiss this person or make declarations or commitments you will not be able to keep in the future. Friendship and true love begin in the soul or heart of a person, not in their genitals. The concept of courtship is wonderful as it keeps all r- relationships on a platonic friendship level until both individuals are ready and able to marry. And both families are supportive of the couple taking the next step. A good book to read on courtship written by Joshua Harris is called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. He married several years ago and didn't kiss his girlfriend now wife until their wedding oh day. My God. They're divorced now, I should add. Okay. And so, they should. Oh God. Okay. Let me, um, then it sort of talks about dating skills friendships and how our whole life is based on friendship how to have maximum sexual intimacy in your life if you i believe that most of us really want to fulfill our potential in every area of life um since our biggest sex organ is our brain we must understand what the meaning of our sexuality is all about we must realize the true meaning of sexual intercourse and it's one profound meaning with three purposes pleasure procreation power to spiritually make two hearts as one it's fascinating because they use a lot of interesting information that sex
1: educators would use but you Mm -hmm. know yeah. Bad. But in like a very skewed way. I really wanna like take that book and like Burn put it. a like well Yeah, basically. But um I just like a ring of salt around it or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay are you ready oh, that's so, horrible.
0: secondary virginity is a decision to stop being sexually active immediately and wait until the honeymoon yeah. before being active again oh if virginity- born again. this is the thing though like like this is proof that virginity is just a construct mm-hmm. born like, again virgins if you yeah. can be a born
1: again virgin then
0: virginity isn't real
1: oh man the stuff i remember about born again and virginity i don't know uh this movie is coming to my mind right now have you ever heard of this movie called saved Saved with, um oh man. Mandy Moore. And, and Macaulay Culkin. Yes. I fucking yes, love yes. that movie. And Susan Sarandon's daughter. I don't remember her name, but like, uh, like such a good movie. And it's so like, like my Catholic school wasn't that bad, but it was close. <laughs> like okay. There were people in my school who would have literally thrown a Bible at you and who literally like would throw like, Bible quotes at me all the time. It sucked. To quote, <laughs> to quote saved, the Bible is not a weapon. Yeah, I know people don't get that. It's insane. But uh, it's that born again virgin thing. It's it that drives me up the wall because I'm like, you either it, under purity culture, you either are or you aren't. Okay, you don't get to like, you don't get to decide that you're just gonna grow your hymen back under purity culture, because we all know that that's a myth. But
0: like, the what, uh, that the hymen even is a thing? Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. But I'm saying like in the viewpoint of purity culture, you know, like you tear your hymen. You've broken it, you've you know, they push through it. I don't know. It's so fucking stupid. But that's the, the viewpoint. So all what are what are you saying? That the hymen just naturally goes back together but like, because you've decided, like, what about that's... what about men, right? There's no proof that they've oh, yeah. been uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or sorry, you, I should yeah. say, what about a penis? Not yeah. what about men, but yeah. 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 As soon as, it's so easy to fall back into gendered language as soon as you end up in these spaces because mm-hmm. you, for like, because you almost, like, you get sucked back in, yeah.
1: you know, like, and you forget
0: <laughs> that there's inclusive ways of having this conversation.
1: Yeah. I I know, but we're all learning, like, me and you, we're learning, and we understand that we're not perfect, and progress is better than perfection, That's I always right. say. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I, on the topic of virginity, did you, like, this, this drove me crazy is, um, so, my family's British, right? We're big lovers of the Royal family. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. That's a Meghan Markle fan. You just, we don't have that. Okay. (laughs) like We like the Royal family. Uh, my mom is a huge princess Diana fan. She's gigantic. I've known about princess Diana my entire life. And, uh, and they actually one of the reasons that she was chosen for Charles's wife is because she was a virgin. And like the reason Camilla wasn't chosen is because she had she had already known to have had sex and she was um and she was like a divorcee or something like that. Um, And Diana wasn't. And they actually performed they actually performed virginity tests on her. And she probably
0: shut up and took it because what other options do you have? What
1: other options do you have? Especially when you are, you know, when you're about to marry a prince, you know? And And that's right. That's not rapey at all. It's it's, it's disgusting. And I, I think to myself, just like, um, I also watched uh, the show the other day called The Great. Have you ever watched it? The Great, the one that's based off of uh, Catherine the Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I've seen season one.
1: I loved it so much. I thought it was hilarious. Um, very like it's all satire. Like it's not, yeah, historically accurate. <laughs> they don't they don't kill off the guy who's supposed to die because it's yeah, exactly. too entertaining to keep around. Yeah, but it, they even like performed a virginity test on that show, and it was I was like, we ha- I I really dislike this idea that purity has but only been around for you know twenty to thirty years. It just hasn't been.
0: No, the only reason
1: the reason purity culture thrives is because it has deep roots. Deep, 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 deep roots. And like, think about the witch trials and stuff like that. Like if you were sexual whatsoever, you were just classified as a witch. Uh, If you were anything
0: other than what the church wanted you to be. Exactly.
1: You know, and then they you know, burned you at the stake, right? Like, and anybody could just look at you and say, you know, she seduced me. Or she tried to seduce me or she seduced my husband or anything like that, which, you know, like it, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Anyways.
0: Yeah. Purity culture is concerning.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, very. and I'm going to take a moment and remind our listeners that we also don't call it the hymen anymore. We call it the vaginal corona, meaning like mm-hmm. crown around the vaginal opening. Yes. And it is a. Pe- some people don't aren't born with one. It's like vestigial tissue left over from when you're growing in, in utero. And some of them are like stringy and stretched across the opening, and some of them are like perforated, and some of them are just like a weird little bit left over hanging around the outside. So like, I know it's like, oh, I think I broke my hymen doing this thing, maybe, or maybe you just like bruised your pelvic bone. <laughs> yeah, I broke
1: it horseback riding.
0: You probably was... bruised your pelvic bone.
1: <laughs> that was such a thing, actually. In my in, uh, like when I grew up again, it was it was like, oh, she's a horse girl.
0: What does that mean? Well, if
1: you're a horseback rider, your hymen's already broken. You don't have to worry about losing your virginity.
0: Right. Because your virginity is... <laughs> <Like> it's, it's <laughs> Here's what's ridiculous. <laughs> virginity is only penis and vagina sex, except when it isn't. Mm-hmm. Except when it's your hymen.
1: Yeah. So what about horse guys? Does that mean they had to fuck the horse? I like, <laughs> it's like, it's just like, it, that's the kind of, that's how ridiculous when you actually lay it out, it's, that's how ridiculous it is because i yeah i actively remember people being like oh yeah she's a horse girl so you know what that means and like oh she's loose you know she's a horse girl and like it was it's crazy oh. the amount of shame that goes yeah. into it it's insane yeah um cool
0: well i'm going to abstain from sex for the rest of my life but i'm going to define abstinence as everything um except like gay sex how what do you think of that like i'm never going to you know I think that's my definition now.
1: Mm, that's fair. I'm like uh, never
0: gonna have sex with a gay man. That you know, that's that's specifically what I mean. Like if I can define abstinence as like only the sex that I'm not having right now and <laughs> never gonna have, then like Abstinent because that's what mm. it basically is.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna abstain from sex until Saturday. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And um, I just have a question. And that's all you. I'm really gonna. Pr- and that's all I'm promising. So on Saturday, can you mm-hmm. tell me what kind of shoulders is this person gonna have? Oh, he has he has nice shoulders, but nice enough to not use a condom. He does have shoulders nice enough. To use, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this. Uh, I'm going to see uh, my uh, friend of mine, best sex of my life guy, and uh, he's. So many of my sexual stories revolve around him because he's just so much fun.
0: (laughs) I feel like we're off topic enough now that that means it's time for a short (laughs) break. okay. (laughs) This is your casual, super chill reminder that we have podcast swag. Do you want a hat that says fuck demon? We have those, among other items. You can find them through sharewithray.com slash merch or head to my Etsy store, Send Nudes by Ray. And we're back. Are you ready for our listener question of the day? Hell yeah. Why is there such a negative stigma in the poly world towards unicorn hunters? Your pal, Mr. Mayhem. Hmm. I mean, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I do know this one, and I'm sure you'll have something to add. So um, I kind of made jokes about it at the beginning of the episode when I was talking about Field, the app. And usually when people say unicorn hunters, they're not referring to a couple looking for an ongoing third that they treat with respect and sees an individual usually this woman is some sort of sex object that is there to fulfill their fantasy and they don't actually want to get to know this person frequently the quote unquote unicorn which is a bisexual woman equally interested in both halves of the relationship in this context the unicorn um gets treated like a human dildo like they don't get to put any demands on the relationship it's not actually true ethical non-monogamy because the couple gets veto power at any time Mm -hmm. and if one person says you have to break up with them then like at any moment, that's that's allowed. And this person doesn't have equal rights in the relationship, whatever mm-hmm. the relationship is going to be. So, you know, either you're treating this person as like just a hookup and giving them like no emotional labor of yours and see them as like someone whose wants and needs don't matter. Actually, that's what it is. Whether it's sexual or romantic, frequently unicorn hunters treat unicorns like their sexual wants and needs don't matter compared to the couple. They're the third, not a triad.
1: Yeah, so I actually experience this a lot, um, because I'm on Tinder. And because I like I have, I have had myself as um, like open to whatever kind of thing on Tinder, or whatever. I don't know how it plays out now. But um, and so I've been like, what's like, using the analogy of unicorn hunters, I've been shot by an arrow a couple times. And like, you know, like and like, people keep trying to net me and. And the thing is, is that you are, you are treated like an object and I've met some like nice people, um, but nobody that I've actually wanted to entertain the idea of being a unicorn for because of the way that, the way that I'm treated by them. I, it's not about getting to know me. It's not about, um, enjoying the pleasure of each other's company. It's not about any of those things. It's about me coming to their house and having sex with them and fulfilling a fantasy of theirs. I don't even I can't even be assured that I would receive any pleasure there, you know, because yeah. the minute that they start talking to me, they want to sex with me. And um, and it's just like, what would you do to me? What would you do to my wife? What would you do? You know, like, what would what would you do to my husband? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like they want a sex worker without paying for it. Exactly. And it's just like, well, what would you do to me? Like, you know, like that's that's not yeah if you really want to
0: entice a unicorn over for a hookup tell them what you're going to do to them and then actually follow through
1: yeah and maybe like have some cake or something so I've been
0: (laughs) I downloaded all of the apps as I think I mentioned for my clients Mm -hmm. and like I got a little bit carried away like just enjoying exploring the features aka matching with people that I had Mm -hmm. no intention of dating so then I would feel bad as soon as I didn't be like I'm so sorry I'm just here for like work purposes I just thought you were cute and I got carried away and like But there's no hope for you here. So Field, (laughs) F-E-E-L-D, Field is an app where people like literally just, you don't use your real name. You don't have to put your real name. They expect you not to use your real name. You don't connect it with your, any other social media accounts. And Mm -hmm. half of the questions are just, what are your sexual interests? And it is very much supposed to be like, play the field, right? That's Mm -hmm. field. But the amount of, I, so I set when I'm like exploring these apps, I set my, my uh like sexuality to everything and i set my show me everything because i need to see what the ratios are and it's like for every 10 men who have no interesting bios i should add like nothing mm-hmm. interesting going on for every 10 men there is one couple and primarily what they are saying is we are looking for a third to have a threesome with us like that's it that's all on their bio and it's like okay that's i see why people aren't on field and then every once in a while it's like a pansexual bisexual poly woman <laughs> who identifies as a woman and their profile is usually like, I'm here to make connections,
1: Mm -hmm. not be treated like, like an object of meat. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went on field, actually, I was on field for a little while and I was, I actually downloaded it when I was in Toronto with you. And, um, and it was, it was, it was kind of interesting because of the connections that I got out of Toronto versus the connections I got out here in Calgary. Um, I had there were more people who were like looking for a connection and like, um, you know, just getting, just wanting to get to know you, blah blah, blah um, kind of bios instead of that, like looking for a third or in Calgary know, or in Toronto, in Toronto, um, and I'm not surprised, like I'm not surprised by that whatsoever, but it was, um, when I got to Calgary, it was actually appalling what some people were saying to me.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, people in Toronto are so respectful. Like, yeah. their bios might be shit, but they're still going to be polite. Yeah, like and, we um, have enough of a of a like a CNM ENM community here that like people know how to behave politely theoretically.
1: Yeah, and we don't we don't have that too much in in Calgary. Like it, it is somewhat like it is growing like and that's awesome. But um, it's still not there. And the minute that you were the minute I got to Calgary, I started receiving just like unbelievably disgusting messages from people that were that were just telling me what they would do to me and when they would do it and when yeah and like trying to lure me to their houses um to do it with them do you want to hear the message that
0: someone commented on one of my photos today on hinge so my hinge profile literally like i don't know how to make it any clearer without getting kicked off the platform to clarify Mm -hmm. But, like, my words are, like, unusual skills. I'm like, make latex, fetish, wear, and paint dick pics in addition to being a sex educator and dating coach. I literally just talk about work and it just so happens that my work is interesting. One thing you should know about me here is I'm here for research purposes. I'm a sexuality coach and sex educator. Okay? It's, like, on the profile.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So today, this guy or some, some guy comments on, I make latex, fetish, wear, and paint dick pics in addition to being a sex educator and dating coach. He goes, have sex, bake and live life. Sometimes we can roast each other but also have a lot of sex in between. That's what he comments. What? So, which I'm at which point I'm like dating coach necessary. I responded with, "Does this approach usually work for you?" <laughs> Excellent. He says, "LOL, do you like it? I am not a great texter. Do you like to have voice calls?" So I said, "Nope, I hated it."
1: <laughs> Good. Good. That's it. It was awesome. awful. So it now was I'm going to see-
0: Yeah. Oh, disgusting. So like, if that's what you're getting, even as I, I don't understand the things think people think are. Pro- anyway.
1: So I literally can't name my career path on it. Yeah, I get I that. don't tell people what I'm doing like because I am on dating apps to date because I'm single and I want to date, you know. Um and uh yeah, like I actually do not list what I do for what I do and my career path and and I don't put my Instagram on there or anything because the minute I do that, I've had I've had disgusting I've had people be like oh like how much do you cost and and um I've had some people like oh like can I be your homework like can you do me for homework and stuff like that and it's just like do you is that does that work like does that oh god like no it doesn't (laughs) so our pal Mr. Mayhem
0: Mm -hmm. um he is our pal actually he is our pal he is our pal hey Um, mayhem Mr. Mayhem, what I will say to you is I highly doubt that you are approaching people the way that we have discussed being approached. Yes, very true. From what we know of you.
1: Um, I hope you're not. I hope to God you're not. (laughs) I think he's a sweetie. Yeah, I do. I do too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see him doing that. I don't Um, see him doing that whatsoever.
0: But the negative, like, unfortunately, if you are part of a couple and you are sort of looking, you're going to have to change your language to be less about, like, We are looking for a third, for a threesome and more like my wife and I are looking to form a connection with a woman. Uh, My Mm -hmm. wife is interested, like my wife and I are looking to form an ongoing connection with a woman Mm -hmm. and then say like, you know, our processes, we go on a date first and then if there's a connection, we'd love to blah, blah, blah. You know, make it clear that you are looking for more than just sex and maybe that can help set you
1: apart from the other ones because a lot of the other profiles and things out there are just straight to sex. So And um so the the couple I got fur- just another the couple I got furthest with actually um I got furthest with them be- because I I was talking to both of them on the app um to start, like and they would tell me like, hey, it's this person now and like hey, it's this person now. So it wasn't just like I was talking to it wasn't like I was just talking to um uh the husband or I was just talking to the wife. I was talking to both of them as the connection was forming. And, um and then I received both of their phone numbers um, to continue on that connection, you know, and it didn't go anywhere because the husband eventually started treating me like a sex object, Right. <laughs> but it started really well. <laughs> oh,
0: friendship first, my friends. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing. Like, if you're not, you don't have to stay friends with someone like you can be like, we're just looking for this kind of a connection. Like, you're not going to be best friends with everyone that you fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay, too. It's more about just, like, treating people like people. Yeah. With their own wants and needs.
1: Treat people how you'd like to be treated. <laughs> what if I want to
0: be treated like dirt, Marissa? I mean, I'll treat it. What no. if I want you to call I me a I can't even do that. Slut? I'm like, I love you so much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're so great. I'm like, I'm like... And that is exactly the problem my husband has. I'll be like, call <laughs> yeah. me a filthy slut. And he's like, okay, you filthy slut, I guess. <laughs> No, can i can't do this true. that's him every time yeah i've he's never like, actually said yeah, yeah yeah you've met him yeah exactly he's a fun guy
1: okay sex okay ed story of the week that's right do you do you want to read it or should i um yeah i'll do it well no i don't care i'll do it okay in high school the teacher for sex ed used his hand to demonstrate how to properly put on a condom he rolled it over his hand and while moving put his fingers inside the tip and said if you put it on properly, it will not break. Left the entire class speechless. Then told just that. Then I don't know. I didn't, I didn't write this. <laughs> even though the school board said he couldn't hand them out to the students, he didn't care. And if anybody needed some, uh, come to see him after class. He'd rather take the reprimand than have any of his students have to drop out due to unwanted pregnancy or HIV infection in the mid-90s. Um, do I say their name? uh she put it in there so we can say it all right our friend Jennifer
0: (laughs) I mean I personally hate when people are like look at how big it can stretch before it breaks I say as like a latex designer who works in thicker amounts and I'm like you would be surprised how easily rubber breaks whether you put it on
1: properly or not but yeah um I mean I think like you I remember you coming into class and just being like get a condom for your dick size (laughs) that's right go get a custom condom if you can afford it yeah yeah Yeah. I mean, I love that he kind of went against the teacher went against the school board. And it kind of was like, if you need some after class, just let me know. Um, But I also. Yeah, it's. I also don't love that, you know, it was it was focused around like. Unwanted pregnancy and HIV infection, because. As about I would
0: suggest, pleasure-focused. Well, it was yeah. the mid-90s. It was
1: the mid-90s. I can't hard on it too much. It's At the know, height of purity culture. High- heights of purity culture. I bet at least a couple of people in his class had purity rings.
0: <laughs> yeah, which, uh, oh, I feel like we've mentioned this, but we didn't actually define it for anyone who is unfamiliar. Uh, do you want to tell everyone what a purity ring is?
1: Oh, God, I didn't tell anybody what a purity ring is. Yeah, okay. Um, So a purity ring is, you can get it um at different points of your life. Um, and it's just a really pretty ring. Usually it has a heart on it. Um, and it is a promise and a pledge that you make to, to your deity, to God in evangelicalism, um, that you are going to stay abstinent until marriage. And, uh, the problem with this is that the majority of time people are, um, giving them to their, their daughters and their sons when they're like six to 11 years old. Like, that's that's the uh, the real kind of age range of a purity ring. Um,
0: like, my mom getting me to promise to never get a tattoo when I was 11. Because, right. even at
1: 11, I wanted a tattoo. <laughs> I wanted tattoos. I always knew I was going to have tattoos. But, like, and when you're 7 to 11, I don't know if you remember 7 to 11, um, but I had no idea what the world was like. I had no idea, you know, that I, that I remember... My- being I had it, horny and not really understanding what it was and just saying that my my vagina tingled. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, like, oh. You don't know anything. If
0: I remember I'm- thinking Matt from Digimon was cute because he had that hair and also had, like, so many feelings and, like, nobody understood him. Knowing, but, like, Yeah. But, like, I would.
1: I was an emo <laughs> kid even then. <laughs> like, I'd understand. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like and so these seven to ten year olds, they they pledge to be abstinent until they're married and uh and without fully understanding what that's like post puberty. Um and then when they can't keep it up because abstinence fails, um you kind of get dealt with shame and you you face a lot of disgrace and and you you stray away from your deity. And and I know that a lot of people have had most troubles because the purity culture actually took them further away from their God than than closer to them like they wanted. I read this
0: article while I was doing research for for these episodes of a woman's um experience with the purity with her purity ring and just she thought it was so special but then she accidentally worked a gym class and the stone got loose and they went to a jeweler and the jeweler's like, yeah I can't Replaceless. it's too cheap mm-hmm. and then you know going with her on basically finding out that her ring was essentially from like sears or walmart or something and she's like so here's this thing that was supposed to be so special and priceless and unique and my parents got it from walmart and then also just about her like growing up and and just leaving parody culture yeah. but also just like what does it say to your kids when like you think it's special and you tell them that it's special and then you get it on sale at walmart
1: you could buy purity rings at the dollar store in the town I grew up. <laughs> wow. And they were marketed and branded, as that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Abstinence rings, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, all right. Thanks Anyways. for listening, everyone.
0: <laughs> Marissa, where can people follow you?
1: Yeah. So I can be found on Instagram at underscore Marissa the dish. I talk on there about purity culture, sex ed topics, and how to be more confident in your life, with your body, and in the bedroom.
0: Join the Deviant's Defining Elite. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sex News With Ray. Submit your listener question or your sex ed story. Let's be honest, most of them come from my DMs. Um, So, you know, sharewithray.com slash podcasts, uh, you know, but for real. Um, There's a Sex News With Ray Instagram at Sex News With Ray, Life Bay Ray on Instagram and TikTok. Or at Share with Ray for sexuality and coaching and dating app stuff. For latex content, Razor Latex for nudes, only fans at Razor Latex. And this podcast is produced by me and engineered by Josh from Josh T. Film. It's hosted at sexnewswithray.podbean.com. The theme music is by Blink and Brilliant, and the logo is by Dolly Shot and Photography.